Island Minds, a mental health podcast. Please note, these episodes deal with topics that some listeners may find distressing. For suggested contacts, please see the show notes on our Facebook page after this episode. Welcome to episode one of our brand new podcast. I'm Hannah and I'm joined by my co-host Tia. Tia, say hello. Hello. And now total silence from the two anxious people unsure of what to say. How are you feeling about the podcast now that we're actually here doing it? Well, how I feel about actually doing the podcast versus how I feel about speaking on it are two very different things. As I've said to you, I think this is a fantastic idea and I'd just like to say here and now as much as I appreciate being involved I don't want to be sharing half the credit because this is all you and it's a brilliant idea and I'm really proud of you for it so well done you but as you know recording my voice in any way using the radio at work anything like that is incredibly cringy for me as I suffer with anxiety as do you and we know we're, we're normally pretty <laughs> normally pretty awkward at this so yeah well thank you i'm going to put that lovely compliment in a box and process that later because otherwise <laughs> otherwise my anxiety will get the better of me it's strange isn't it that you know we we both perform we're very used to being in front of an audience but with this it is really nerve-wracking doing it this way and I don't know what that's about yeah I've said to you before people always say to me oh but you know you can act on stage fine why can't you do this and it's like well no I'm not me on stage it's completely different and I think a lot of actors feel the same way actually yeah I 100% agree when you're performing it's almost like you step into somebody else's shoes and it's not you anymore (laughs) I am starting to think that maybe though Two people who struggle to have a phone call and take about half an hour just to say goodbye probably shouldn't be doing a podcast. The people who literally rather send 10 emails than make a phone call. (laughs) I am literally that person that will send a text when someone's stood over my shoulder going, just call them, it'll be quicker. No, I sent another text. What about the amount of times I'll phone you, you won't answer, and then your message saying, you okay? (laughs) (laughs) That's just bog standard. (laughs) I read somewhere once that the sound of your own voice is basically like it's really hard for your brain to process like when you hear it recorded yeah you know when I'm editing videos of me singing once it's uploaded I very rarely go back to them and watch them once that they're done they're done and I I don't want to hear them again which is really strange because at the time of singing and recording them I'm really enjoying it but yeah I don't know it's very strange but then again the mind is a very strange thing and we're all very different the mind is a strange thing it is for the benefit of our listeners each of our episodes will feature a different guest speaker and that person will be sharing their experience either living with mental health being around mental health or perhaps they're a healthcare professional. They'll just be giving us their perspective on things. And the aim is for more and more people to be able to talk about their experiences in the hope that it will help normalise this conversation and allow more people to speak out sooner so that they're not suffering in silence or in fear of judgement. Each time we do an episode as well, me and Tia will discuss a relevant topic You know, it could be that there's been a documentary out that month or week on mental health or there might be something quite prevalent 
in the news about mental health. So we'll have a, a short discussion about that at the start of every episode and then our guest speaker will be introduced. So this time we're going to discuss a topic that we definitely haven't heard enough about and that's lockdown. Yeah, which lockdown are we on now? Because I've definitely lost track. Yeah, to be frank, I've lost the plot on it all, to be honest. Lockdown has obviously had a profound effect on mental health. It's had an effect on the general understanding, it's getting people talking, and it's becoming more and more prevalent, not only in mainstream media, but in social media as well. Now, it's obviously a shame that it seems to have taken a global pandemic to get us talking, but at least we are talking. And I think this is a great opportunity, Tia, I know you'll agree with me, to use the momentum of this to push it forward. And hopefully, once COVID is just a terrible memory, we will still talk about mental health because it was very much a problem before lockdown and it will be a problem after lockdown. Tia, I know we have very different boundaries on the amount of media and social media we sort of expose ourselves to. So if we just have a quick chat about that. So I actually came off Facebook a few years ago. I now only use Instagram because I find I can cope with that. But anything else, including actually the news in general, was just too bad on my mental health so what I tend to do and what I've done through the whole pandemic is listen to news once a day and then that that's it because I found overexposure to it for me is just too overwhelming and too depressing so I haven't seen you know mental health being talked about in the news as much as you have and it's it's something that you've made me aware of I'm always on social media I get stuck in Facebook loops all the time and what I've noticed very recently is the media itself seemed to be focusing in on lockdown and mental health it's all about how lockdown has created a mental health crisis and what I'm concerned about is that general perceptions will be that once lockdown's gone this will no longer be a crisis when we know full well that this has been a problem for a really long time. When I was researching for this episode, I came across a couple of news articles and I just want to read out some of my favourite comments on these because I think the media has a long way to go in helping the general attitude towards mental health. And (laughs) these are some of my favourite comments. These are going to be lovely. Oh, they are are wonderful. They are very wholesome. (laughs) and very mindful. So this one, for pity's sake, change the record. Far too easy to whine about mental health. Mental health issues are self-created states. So that was lovely. The same person also wrote, and I think this is great, choose not to have it. If you can choose to stay in that state, then you can equally choose to not. There was another banger of a comment. Oh, here we go. Tia, you're going to absolutely love this. It has become trendy to claim mental health problems. A stiff upper lip, pull yourself together and keep calm and carry on are the best ways to deal with it. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we need. That's the message we want to send our children. You're talking about social media boundaries. This is one of the many reasons I have strict boundaries with social media. But it's interesting that you've read those comments because I have actually heard them from people I've spoken to. The trouble is these are the people I've spoken to are also seeing the news every day and seeing that constant message that mental health is a lockdown issue and that maybe just not dealing with it as as a bigger issue, like you said. So there's been a lot of comments like that, that just get on with it and 
you know, snap out of it, like all of those classics. And in terms of mental health and lockdown specifically, the problem with that, I think, is people were only thinking about it as people aren't allowed to go outside and they're moaning about it. But it's obviously, it's not just that. It's, there's so many factors to how lockdown has affected people's mental health. There's people not being able to see friends and family, have access to their support systems, people already struggling with mental health, not having their usual coping mechanisms available. There's financial problems. And I think everyone has experienced lockdown differently. Um, just because some people have found it relatively easy doesn't mean others have. And I think one of the problems is we are all experiencing the pandemic. Everyone thinks well, we're all in the same boat, so we all just have to get on with it. But some people won't be able to cope with it in the same way others will. So it's it's all relative and it's it's the same with mental health. I know in your interview with Michael later, you touch on the idea that not everyone experiences mental health problems the same way. And those comments are just absolutely disgusting, but unfortunately not surprising because there is still such a level of stigma attached to mental health and there's so many misconceptions and again I know you and Michael discuss this idea of people think you can snap out of it or it's a decision or a mindset and that's just not how it works at all. No you're you're absolutely right and like you say these comments are not surprising which is a shame and it's you know That should be shocking, but it's not. We come up against this time and time again. One of the last comments, I think, sums it up beautifully, and that is just sick and tired of hearing about mental health. Could you ever imagine someone turning around and saying, I'm sick and tired of hearing about any other physical type of illness? You just wouldn't say it because it's unacceptable. Saying it about mental health is just as unacceptable. Yeah, it it is disgusting and that will stand in the way of people getting help, unfortunately. And I think the other ugly side of perception that's come out of this, I've noticed that there seems to be this competitive dialogue. People saying, oh, you've only had mental health for six months. You know, what about people that have had it forever? And it doesn't matter if you've experienced mental health from childhood right up until adulthood. It doesn't matter if you've had a couple of bad months where your mental health has declined, it is all valid. Every single one of those instances are valid. It's not a competition and we shouldn't be looking at it that way. Yes, mental health existed before and it will exist after and it's really important we remember that. But we also need to be looking after everyone else. Some people probably have never experienced mental health before and this will be their first time. That's got to be terrifying. The worrying thing about mental health being attached to lockdown is not only like you said, that it was a problem before and that you hope the discussion continues but people who maybe haven't experienced mental ill health until lockdown will struggle even more when there's not necessarily a reason for that because they those mental health problems might be ongoing and, and what unfortunately the media is doing here by linking it to lockdown is is saying that there's a reason for this and yes sometimes there are reasons but a lot of the times there aren't and this is something we both experience sometimes depression for, for instance just happens and unfortunately you can't always attribute that to any one factor or cause and if when lockdown's over 
all these people are, are still experiencing it but unable to understand why that's that's going to be it's going to be really hard for them which is you know again it's like you said we need to be supporting everyone those that were suffering before and those that have only just experienced mental health problems so as as you as you said i think it's so important that we keep this awareness going and all try to help each other out and the it's interesting that you mentioned the competitive aspects and I said to you the other day I've noticed this in the past that um people have said oh it's it's becoming a trend and you wouldn't say you had anxiety if you really knew how it felt and all that sort of thing and and the thing is unless you're in someone's head you do not know how they're feeling so no one gets to judge another person on whether they're experiencing mental health or not you don't get to judge how bad it is and bottom line we should all be supporting each other not trying to drag each other down because we're only going to overcome this if we work together yeah that bang on the money there Tia and it is going to take a whole lot of people having these conversations to to create change I think the other thing as well during the lockdown a lot of media outlets have tried to come up with ways to help people by providing well-meant helpful tips now I'm not saying these don't work because for a lot of people they they would you know that tips such as make sure you get fresh air every day make sure you have a meal every day just all good self-care tips for better mental health now we all know that they can work but my issue with this is that it helps that notion that mental health can be fixed very easily. You know, there is a massive difference of being a bit low and needing a pick-me-up and having a massive black cloud over you. It's it's just so different. And it's almost like these outlets aren't acknowledging that when they're giving this advice. It, it feels very... It actually feels almost patronising. It is patronising. It's the same as when people say things as well-meant as they often are. You know, have you tried grounding? Or have you... All these things like, have you tried? Like, yes, believe it or not, I don't want to feel this way. <laughs> it's, it's not something that can just be fixed. And I think not only is it unhelpful for people struggling now, it's... I guess what that is one of the biggest problems that people see it as something that can be fixed and cured and that's that's not in most cases that's not true it's it's something we live with um, and continue to live with and of course yes there are things that can help like you said some of those tips can make you feel better but it's not it's not a quick fix problem and it's as you said very condescending that to, to make to suggest that it's something that you can just make better if you try hard enough. Yeah, Tia, I think they're all perfect points. And this is exactly why you're my co-host. In no way due to nepotism. <laughs> so when we were sort of chatting about this episode and getting prepared for it, you came up with a brilliant analogy for lockdown and mental health. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, of course. So I think when we got chatting, it just sort of occurred to me that for those who don't necessarily understand mental health or don't understand it outside of lockdown I think lockdown's quite a good analogy of how mental health feels in terms of feeling isolated in terms of feeling trapped cut off these are all feelings that a lot of us with mental health issues 
deal with every day. Unfortunately, it's kind of like being trapped inside your own head all the time. You know, it's different for every condition. It's different for every person. But imagine your lowest moments in lockdown um, and those times you found most overwhelming and harder. Simple tasks like even getting dressed or taking a walk have felt very overwhelming and near impossible. That is what it's like every single day for a lot of us struggling with mental health. And if you can try to empathise with that and try to imagine how that feels all the time, then maybe people can understand mental health a bit better and we can move away from this stigma and this appalling idea that it's somehow linked to weakness yeah and i i would really urge our listeners to take note of that and maybe maybe use that as homework (laughs) so on that note we are going to introduce our very first guest michael is going to be talking to us about his experiences with mental health but he will also be talking about mental health as a broad subject which we thought was a lovely way to start our very first podcast. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today here on our podcast. It's really lovely to have you and we're really grateful that you've chosen to speak with us. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on here. I think it's a really amazing idea that you, uh, you guys have come up with to put this together and as you were saying about lockdown and its effect on people it couldn't come at a better time this is it's kind of bittersweet in that i think what lockdown has done for a lot of the population across the country and across the world is brought more attention to the fact that mental health and mental illnesses are a big deal they're a very real problem because the isolation has brought it to the forefront of more people's minds they realize that they suffer from stuff that they might not have considered but the reason for that is because things have got worse so it's good that there's more attention there but it's kind of sad that it took things getting even worse when there was already a huge problem nationally with mental health for it to sort of be recognized absolutely i thought i'd just touch on that before even introducing (laughs) myself but yeah um I uh, have suffered with depression for a long time, severe depression, uh, a little bit of anxiety mixed in for good measure. And I've dabbled in the area of being addicted uh, to alcohol, although that's kind of a, I wouldn't put myself in the category of an alcoholic in the past, uh, just because that's something I don't know too much about and people that really suffer with that go through a lot worse Uh, it was more of a symptom of the depression for me and I started studying to become a mental health nurse this year so those are my qualifying features for having anything to say here (laughs) I think that makes you the most qualified of either of us I, I was just it's a it's really strange having that you never feel qualified to talk about this stuff even though like you've got the lived experience and all of this and I speak to a lot of friends of mine uh, that are really caring and kind people and they'll always start off 
if we're if I'm opening up and we're talking about depression or its effects, then they'll preface everything with, oh, I know I don't understand what you're going through, or I can't say I know how you feel, but and I'm like, I don't feel qualified to talk about any of this stuff either. You don't need to put that in front. Nobody really knows how anyone else's emotions and brains work. It's just it's good that you're talking to me. And I feel like another stigma, along with the millions of stigmas that come around mental health, is just that people are afraid to talk to their loved ones about it in case they offend them. Or like people are are scared of upsetting people with depression or something by even bringing it up because they're afraid people will be like, oh, you don't know what I'm going through. What I would say, in my experience, 99% of the time, don't worry about that. Just talk to people. Just If they're coming to you, then that means they're jumping a big hurdle in actually taking the step to talk about the issue. So just go for it. They want your advice and they want your help, whether it's qualified or not. Yeah, and I think talking about it really is the main thing we want people to get out of this. I mean, I know in my experience, the moment someone learns that say I've been off ill because of mental illness and not physical they almost become apologetic about talking about it and I don't want them to I want them to feel like they can have that conversation with me open and honestly because until we're having those conversations like we would with a physical illness it won't change so I think whichever side you're on whether you are the one experiencing poor mental health or if you are a friend a family member or a colleague it's really important that we start having those conversations. Yeah, because like you say, people wouldn't have an issue if it was a normal physical illness. If you had the flu or something like that, it wouldn't be a touchy subject. And I think that overall that boils down to people, just humans in general. We want tidy, neat answers to everything. and the reality is we just don't know enough about mental health and its effects and everything in that field. We don't know enough to give tidy answers. If someone has the flu, then they will more than likely have these symptoms. They'll be bedridden. They wouldn't come into work for a couple of weeks or until they're not contagious anymore. It's sort of like we've got set rules for physical illnesses and people can recognize them. Whereas a big trouble with mental health is that it's so complex and it differs so much on an individual basis that it's hard for people to approach the subject because you just never know what you're going to get. You don't, even before you get to all of the different sorts of mental health illnesses or issues you can get, just the way that one thing can affect different people can be so vastly different. Uh, If you suffer from anxiety or depression, then that could like completely debilitate somebody. Somebody else could suffer from the same thing and it would have a totally different effect. They could seem perfectly fine. It's interesting that you mentioned flu. Very recently, I was doing some research and I came across a study done by MHFA England. And I can't remember the specific statistics, so forgive me, but it basically said that employers saw flu 
or having a cold as a better reason for sickness than mental health. And in that context, they were talking about stress, depression and anxiety. And it's really interesting, although not surprising, sadly, that that was the results. And it's interesting that that's our take on it as a society, because as you mentioned, these illnesses are largely invisible, but they do have very physical symptoms. Yes, they absolutely can. And I had done some thinking about this recently, um, that idea that with medical, physical illnesses like the flu, like I said, you have set symptoms that will affect you physically. And it's hard to, where people don't understand what it's like to feel depression or whatnot, you can't picture what those physical effects might be but as an example I try to think of if someone is grieving if they've lost a loved one um, and they're incredibly sad about that they they're experiencing extreme grief you can understand that that would be physically debilitating we have bereavement time off of work where right, if you've lost a loved one you're not expected to come in for a while because the emotion and that mental effect is so great that it will affect them and they will need time to recover. With certain mental illnesses, uh, severe depression, for example, you can experience that same emotion, that sort of debilitating, all-encompassing grief that stops you from being able to do anything. And it can be triggered by either an unreasonable stimulus or just from no stimulus whatsoever. And that that is the point, I think, where it becomes clearer that it's an actual medical condition. Like that's a, an obvious effect you can observe in someone, but it's not being triggered by a reasonable stimulus. It's, it's affecting them just as much, but it could come on from anywhere. And obviously that would have a massive effect on someone's ability to work more so than a runny nose would, I would say. <laughs> yeah, and I think people really struggle to quantify mental health um, and that stumps people from being able to talk about it or understand it and we always seem to be asking why is this happening why is this happening yeah it's very hard to quantify and with some things some things are chronic some things just happen after a while there is no reason for them to happen uh, the symptoms and the effects that they have on people it's sort of like if you if you get ill if you get if you caught some sort of disease you wouldn't think oh why have I got this disease where has it come from you would just focus on trying to get better and I think that's the uh the path that we need to take more often if someone's got these issues if they've got symptoms of a mental health problem let's work on getting them better rather than trying to interrogate them as to why it is you feel that way in the first place because sometimes there is no reason why it just is a symptom of an illness yeah you're absolutely right and I think it's really important that we start looking at them as actual symptoms of an illness rather than trying to put them in a separate box you wouldn't do that with physical illness and one thing that I've also found seems to be quite common is you know people almost 
deny themselves the help for mental illness, whether it's because they're afraid of the stigma or for another reason. But, you know, if you were diagnosed with, say, diabetes tomorrow, you're probably not going to say no to the appropriate help. So why do we generally not take the medication or therapy or whatever it is that that may help us get better why why don't we do that uh very that's a very good question and it's it's very hard to answer i know personally um as i sit here talking about these very these are good routes to take uh focus on helping yourself or focus on routes to be better rather than dwelling on stuff but when i've had severe depressive episodes it's the last thing on my mind I get into such a state that you don't feel like you deserve help uh, you don't want to get better because you feel like you deserve to be in this state that you are in it's a very tricky thing because like we said there's there's an issue there either neurologically or whatever these these feelings are being triggered by no particular reason but they're still there in your mind and they still affect your decision making so it's very difficult especially in isolation which i mean if i was depressed i'd isolate myself from friends and family anyway out of either shame or again just sort of like a punishment to myself uh, and if you're locked down and you, you can't go out and speak to other people anyway, then that kind of doubles down on that problem. So it's it's very hard when you're the person suffering to, to focus on getting better because you don't feel like it's worth the effort or you don't think you should get better. It's, it's very, very tricky. It is. Sorry, I should have prepared you for that one. (laughs) But yeah, it is a tricky question and there are so many possible answers for it. Uh, My own experience is I was diagnosed at the age of 14 and I'm 30 years old now and I've only just started taking medication for my condition. I've also only recently started talking about it openly to friends family and colleagues so it can take a long time and I'm hoping that through these conversations we can reach people and we can get them talking about it sooner and maybe then they'll get the help they need a lot sooner yeah that's that's it's a story that's unfortunately very common these days that people have been suffering for such a long time whether they knew that they like whether they've been diagnosed like you said diagnosed years and years ago and it's only now that you feel able to come out and talk about it it's it's sad that that's the situation we're in but the only way to counteract that is to start talking and I think this is a very good start so (laughs) thanks for putting the emphasis on years and years I feel really old now (laughs) (laughs) oops but the thing we keep touching on is uh, how individually based it is which makes it very complex Uh, it makes this idea of speaking out and trying to where it's an individually based issue really you need to target each person and helping them 
on a one-to-one -one basis. You're going to have different routes to getting better for individual people. But to solve the problem on a national level, we need to make generalizations as well, because otherwise we can't hope to ever make people understand because there's hundreds of thousands of people and they all need to be treated differently, uh, which is why it's, it's a very difficult thing. But I guess the generalization we can do is just talk about it more. Don't be afraid to talk about everything. Um, that is the one step we can take to making things better. And understanding that just because an issue is complex and differs for individuals doesn't make it that scary. Uh, take coronavirus, for instance. If two people that were perfectly healthy got COVID-19, one of them could just have a cough. One person could die of respiratory issues. Uh, it's the same illness, but it affects them vastly differently. And we understand that that can happen, but we still respect that coronavirus is a big problem and a real thing as it is. That's exactly the same with something like depression or anxiety or any other mental health issue. Just because it affects one person in one way doesn't mean it'll affect another person the same way. And further to that, I think it's important to recognize that with solutions and cures as well, because I see a lot of people uh, with the best intentions um, putting forward their own or other people's anecdotal experience about what made them feel better. So, oh, I was depressed and I did this and it cured my depression. So that's what you people should do. Stop, stop being, stop complaining about it or stop writing about it and do this because this is the solution. There isn't one solution. Um, and we need to be mindful that what works for one person might not work for another. So it's, it's just all about being as open-minded as possible. Yeah, I think being open and having your own sense of mindfulness is really going to be key. I mean, I'll admit there have been times in the past where, say, I've had a friend with a cold um, and they've been really poorly with it or they've taken the day off. And I've just thought, take a Lemsip. That's what I do. But it's really important in that moment to just reflect and remember everything is felt differently by people as you said because it is one way for one person it isn't that way for everyone and I think that's going to be key in changing attitudes and giving people a more sympathetic attitude towards mental health. That is exactly the thing that needs to be promoted that sympathetic attitude whereas for the longest time now there's been a stigma attached to all of it and it, it is understandable the stigma because depressed people uh, anxious people people who are addicts and stuff a lot of the time they're not very pleasant to be around or to deal with or to try and help because it's not fun to interact with people who are depressed because it's depressing um, but I think it's important to recognize now that it's it's okay to be frustrated with people who are in this state and recognize that it takes a great deal of work, but you can't hold it against the people who suffer from those things either. 
there's a difference between accepting that you're frustrated trying to help this person or say you're an employer and they're needing time off because of mental health related things it's okay to be frustrated because that affects your business or your life but you can't blame them for it because it's something that's happening to them and i think that's an important distinction which comes with like you said the sympathetic attitude rather than just throwing blame at someone for something they're suffering from just because it's easier because they're the only person there there is really no one to blame for an illness it's just something you have to deal with yeah you've hit the nail on the head and you know it is easy to blame it's easy to be frustrated they're very human emotions um and i think also people need to not feel guilty that they're frustrated you know we all get frustrated at things but you're right it's that distinction um that's that's important i think and that's going to help in the fight against stigma and and getting people talking about it because that's that's really what we need yeah absolutely that's the biggest hurdle to get over um the fear of talking about it to people that suffer and the fear of having experienced something and talking about it yourself as a man for instance it's very often not talked about because it's and a lot of the time it's harder for men to talk about their feelings and you're seen as sort of weaker or something in a sort of masculine mind frame which it's personally not anything that ever affected me uh, the only reason i would never talk about anything would just be i'm not sure it's hard to think of now uh, not wanting to um not wanting to burden others uh, i guess this is actually probably the the same thing that a lot of men have issues with you don't want to put your problems onto somebody else uh you just are expected to deal with it yourself and and not trouble other people so it's very hard to talk about in that sense when if you're mindful which is a good term you used before mindfulness you take a step back and look at it from an outside perspective these people care about you and the fact that you feel so depressed or the fact that you're isolating from them because you don't want to bother them that is affecting them already you're making it their problem because they care about you in the first place so being open and talking about it helps both parties it helps the, the your friends and family to understand and you can both work together towards making yourself better at that stage uh, but it's a hard hurdle to jump over in your mind when you're in that state of not wanting to trouble anyone else and then you you start doing mental gymnastics uh, to come up with a your own solution and never ends well yeah and you touched upon their sort of the issues around mental health and dealing with it from a man's perspective and i think we could do a whole episode on that in itself um you know statistically more men commit suicide than women and it's it's a big problem in its its own right and it deserves its own sort of area of exploration um for anyone listening that would like more information on sort of that side of things very recently roman kemp did a really good documentary 
on mental health from the male perspective it's on iplayer on bbc3 it's it's really good uh so yeah i highly recommend that it encourages conversation um and it basically says we need to start talking about this otherwise attitudes won't change i believe it's called our silent emergency but i will double check that and it will be part of our show notes that go on the facebook page after this episode that's really the key to all of this i think just attitudes need to change i think 2021 the state of the world at the moment we've noticed in a lot of areas that attitudes are desperately in need of changing about a lot of different things Mm. and hopefully that we are now at a turning point of sorts where that can start to happen and it's certainly certainly a big deal in this area yeah i mean as we've touched on you know it is such a shame that it has taken something like a pandemic to get people talking about this at least we are talking about it and it's a really nice idea that this could be the turning point but it's going to take a lot of people it isn't just one voice one campaign one organization or one silly little podcast on the Isle of Wight Um, it's going to take a lot of voices it's going to take waves we need to start making waves yeah, absolutely. It's got to start somewhere. And if these waves start being made, it can have such a massive impact beyond even just a, to each person on an individual basis. If the issue is brought to the forefront, it's, it's made clearer among everyone how widespread of an issue this is, how many people need help, then that will help medicine and Uh, therapy and everything it will help progress things so that we are better able to tackle these issues to help people get better there'll be more resources available there'll be more uh, options for treatments and whatnot there will just be it all starts with more awareness and more openness uh, (laughs) at kind of admitting that there is a problem is the first step and then everything gets easier from there <laughs> that was not something I was planning on saying but it just kind of fit there so I'll throw it, in. <laughs> it works <laughs> yeah yeah and there's some really key things there that I really hope people take away from this episode and I hope they take away from all episodes but that's openness mindfulness having the conversations and as you said admitting there is a problem is the first step and I think on that beautifully cliche and yet appropriate note we are almost at time so thank you again Michael for chatting with me today Um, and thank you for being our guinea pig for our first ever episode Um, as one of my oldest friends I do trust you implicitly so I am very grateful um and Michael is one of many people that have been instrumental in giving me the confidence to set this up so thank you you're very welcome thank you for having me and I'm really excited for you and this project uh hopefully there'll be a lot of people that will get to talk about things that otherwise they wouldn't be able to and yeah once again kudos for putting all this together it's going to be awesome
If you have been affected by any of the topics covered in today's podcast, please see our show notes on our Facebook page for our suggested contacts. If you're interested in talking on our podcast, please get in touch through the Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Stay safe, you wonderful